I'm rounding off what I was sharing on victory by the Spirit. And I've been talking about mercy for a while. So I'm rounding off on it. So I've been talking about mercy. And I'm just coming back from a camp with the fellowship. It was so amazing. It was so amazing. So it's been, it's been a very wonderful time. And we prayed for you. We prayed for you. No, we've been talking about, I've been talking about victory by the Spirit, and I've been dwelling on mercy. Now, mercy is a very strange topic that even I cannot teach it enough to exhaust the possibilities in it. Because when you are dealing with the mercy of God, you are dealing with very strange things, yet... You're also dealing with something that can be influenced. The first part of mercy is that mercy actually deals with the sovereignty of God. I need to understand this. The sovereignty of God. God runs almost everything by a system. Judgment is run by a system, under a system. Okay, to help you understand, go to Matthew 23 verse 23. He said, Warn to you, scribes and Pharisees, Jesus Christ is speaking. He said, Hypocrites, for ye pay tithe on mint and anise and cumin and have omitted. Now, Jesus Christ says, You are paying tithe on cumin and anise, but you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Now, these four things that he has mentioned, he said, Those are the weights. Of God's kingdom. That is the weight of it. So when you look at these four things that he has mentioned, he said this is a, you omit. That means these things are not supposed to be omitted if you want to understand God. So he said, You have omitted the weightier matters of the law, the weightier matters of judgment, the weightier matters of mercy, and the weightier matters of faith. So when you want to understand God. It's very important to you understand where does the law come in when it comes to God. Now, when we talk about the law, people immediately start thinking about the Ten Commandments. It's more than the Ten Commandments. The law is a whole system. And God gave the law to the children of Israel and told them that when you obey all the law, you'll be blessed. When you omit or you, you, you commit um, a wrong against any of the law, you'll be in trouble. And that if they don't go according to the law, they will be cursed. If they go according to it, they will be blessed. He told them in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now, the law is how God achieved his righteousness. Now, there's a scripture in the book of Romans. And that scripture is so instructive, it will help you to understand who God is. And you stop thinking God is erratic. You know, so many think God is erratic, you know. And it, it's because of the songs we have sung. He can do anything. Yes, he can do anything, but how? He is this, he is that. Great names, amazing things we say about God. But the question is, how does he achieve these things? How does he do these things? Now, look at this. He says, the weightier matters of the law. The Bible actually says that death reigned from Adam to Moses. 
He didn't say death reigned from Adam to Jesus. If you think in terms of grace, you would think, oh, death reigned from Adam to Jesus. He didn't say death reigned from Adam to Jesus. He said death reigned from Adam to Moses. Why Adam to Moses? Why did death reign from Adam to Moses? Why? Because from Adam to Moses, there was no law given. So death reigned. That means the, the law was the end in, in God's mind to the reign of death. Because through the law, other people were able to access the goodness of God. The prosperity that comes from God was accessible by the Israelites. It was accessible by anybody who got into contact with the law. So the law was a source of their access to God's goodness. So the law in itself was not a bad thing. The law was God's system. So people preach against, when you are preaching law and grace, they preach against the law as though the law was brought by the devil. No, the law was spiritual according to the Bible, but the people were carnal. So the law was given by God, but the, the challenge with the law is that the law revealed the righteousness of God and also revealed the condemnation of man. So when people saw the law, when they came into contact with the law, when they saw thou shalt not steal, they saw the holiness of God and that God does not steal. They saw the righteousness of God, but they saw themselves as condemned. The day the law came on Mount Sinai, people died. Because the law is tit for tat. The law with God is you do this, you get that. That is the law with God. So the law was good, but God realized that man could not live by the dictates of the law. A man could not function by the law. So death reigned from Adam to Moses because the moment the law came, the people had an access to righteousness. But there was a problem with the law. The law was such that when you sin against one of the law, you have sinned against all. So nobody was able. Today's not a service I'll go into the law. But I'm showing the weight of the law. That means God is able to bring out righteousness by the law. So when God gave the law to Israel, he separated Israel. So Jesus Christ said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loose from her infirmity? That means the children of Israel were exempted from many things. They were exempted from many things. So the law was good because it was part of the weightier matters that Jesus Christ talked about. Then there's another weighty, weighty matter there, that's judgment. So the law runs under a system. You do this, you don't do this, you do this, you don't do that. So you can understand the law. You can understand that. So that's why the, the, the disciples of Jesus Christ were with him when they saw the man who was sick, the man who was blind. They said, who has sinned? You understand? Because they know that sin takes you out of the protection. Are you getting it? Because the minute that they saw somebody who was afflicted, they said, no, it's sin. Why? Because that, that's what the law said. That when you follow God, the law said that when you follow God, you'll be good. When you don't follow God, you will not be good. So they knew that by the law, God was achieving righteousness. The next one was judgment. Now, judgment, I, I spoke about judgment when we had the miracle service. Judgment, sometimes God meets up judgment. There are periodic judgments during the lockdown. I talked this a lot on Instagram. There are periodic judgments. There's also the dispensation of judgments. The dispensation of judgment is going to happen when we are, the church is raptured from here. There you will see God's judgment. So, judgment is also a face in God. You know, some people try to preach God, you know, His unconditional love. Nothing will ever change His love. 
He's so good. He's so kind. Nothing, nothing, nothing ever will change the love of God. You don't know God. You could be arguing with me your mind. You will now know God when the, the church is raptured. Because there's a face. And this is how God um, relates in dispensations. God relates in dispensations. For example, the dispensation of grace. You see that the person will mess up and God says, oh, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. You're still my child, I love you, because that's the dispensation. Now, when that dispensation passes and a new dispensation comes, that's the dispensation of judgment. That's the dispensation of judgment. But even within our time, there are still periodic judgments because people's voice cry out to God. So, what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, where God burned down the whole city, that was judgment. It was a periodic judgment. Now, when you read the Bible, the Bible talks about God telling the children of Israel that he will not give them the whole land because the cup of the Amorites was not full. So, this is how judgment works. Judgment is not God sees that this is going bad, then he comes to judge. It takes a lot for God to judge. It takes longer. That's why people think that God is, you know, like someone has stolen your thing and you are praying that God should just strike him down. You understand? So we all know that, yeah. And sometimes you, I feel you, like I understand you, that, yeah, sometimes you really want God to move, like act. God, do something. It's like God is so slow. If you, take, you are taking the person to a shrine, quick action. You get it? It looks like God is slow. It's because Bible actually says God is slow to anger. So, God's judgment is such that God is very slow to judgment. And he has to make sure that the cup of iniquity is full. So, sometimes somebody might be doing something that is not good. And it's like God is not acting on it. God is waiting for something. The Pharisees and, and, and the children of Israel, that those, all those people, the children of Israel, when, when they rejected Jesus Christ, Jesus made a statement. Jesus Christ made a statement. He said, you have measured up the cup of your fathers. What's he saying? What's the meaning of that? You have measured up the cup of your fathers? That means your fathers started rejecting the prophets. It is in your time that the cup will be full. How was, how, how was that judgment meted? That judgment was meted after Jesus died. When they rejected Jesus, they pushed him out of the temple. In 30 AD, by 70 AD, let me help you with this. By 70 AD, Emperor Titus plundered the whole of Jerusalem. Bible says, blood ran in Jerusalem like a river. He destroyed everything, destroyed the temple, destroyed everybody in Jerusalem. Now someone say, ah, what is wrong? Uh, God should look for the people who are wrong and punish them. That's not how judgment works. That's why when you're in an area and bad things are going on there, you need to be interceding because when the calamity strikes, you might not escape it. You're interceding and preaching the gospel. You will need, Bible talks about Lot. When, when Lot will not, will not have been spared, if not for Abraham, because Bible says that Lot's righteous soul was vexed. You know the meaning of righteous soul was vexed? It means he had now, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, before when he got there, he was concerned. What are they doing? It's bad. What they are doing is not good. What they are doing is bad. After a while, he settled in. It's okay. 
it's all right, it's all right, it's okay, it's fine. So much so that when the angels came and the, and the men said they wanted to rape the angels, he said, okay, don't rape them, I'll give you my daughters. Do you understand? He has settled in that, these people, we can't do anything against them. Instead of raping my visitors, let me give them my daughters. When the cup of iniquity is full, judgment comes. Now, why is judgment important? Now, for example, when you see the cross, the cross is not just love. The cross also represents judgment. The cross represents judgment. Because God was, it was love for us, but it was judgment on Jesus. What judgment? The judgment of sin. Because you cannot wish away sin. Why don't you think God should have just come and say, everybody in the world, be born again. If you think he's as erratic as you think, that God is so powerful that he comes and says, everybody be born again. It's not like that. He will have to judge sin so that he can show love. Because it will be wrong for him to show love when he has not judged sin. I asked this question many times. Do you think that when um, God left Jesus on the cross, do you think that they were acting movie? Do you think they were acting movie? Like, my father, my father, why have thou forsaken me? You think God told Jesus, okay, I'm going to go right now. Shout, 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 my father, my father. <laughs> it's not, they were not acting a movie. It was actually a real thing. When sin was laid on Jesus, God is a righteous God. He's a holy God. He had to walk away. So that was judgment. Judgment was meted on Jesus. So our sin was put on Jesus, and the sin was judged. That's why no matter what any man does in this world, if he gives his life to Christ, God will accept him. No matter what. Why? His sin has been judged. That's why Jesus sent his blood to the mercy seat. Why? As a testimony. So, it's a, it's a judicial matter. When any man lifts his hand and says, I give my life to Jesus, God does not look at what he has done. He looks at the penalty for his sin. It has been paid. So no man should ever suffer for his sin again. He was bruised for iniquity. That's how judgment works. It's also a weighty matter with God. Then there's the weighty matter of faith. Faith is also under a system. Now, you can see that with the law, God is able to produce righteousness. You can see that with judgment, God is able to produce righteousness. How? Because if bad things are happening in Sodom and Gomorrah, and God does not bring out judgment, God is not just. Just say, oh, God should just forgive them. What you are forgetting is that if God does not mete out judgment for the wrong done, it is also unfair to the one the wrong was done to. Now, if those men could be raping men, angels, they wanted to rape angels. Imagine what has been going on in the town. No, no, you want to rape angels. There's human being there. <laughs> so it means the tears of many people had gone up and the cup was full. So, failure to, to give judgment is also injustice to another person. So you don't withhold judgment at the expense of mercy. Then faith. Faith is a very important subject because faith gives you the opportunity to also be right with God. Because with law, the righteousness was possible. With judgment, righteousness, that's how God proves his righteousness. Then you come to faith. Faith is also God's righteousness. You see, 
Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So faith is one way that when a man believes in Jesus, the moment a man believes in Jesus, he's saved. Faith is also a weighty matter. Because by faith, now all of us sitting down here, our righteousness is by faith. Because if God is supposed to write how our righteousness really is. That's how some people have been quoting that scripture. Oh, our righteousness is like a filthy rag. Yes, our righteousness is like a filthy rag. True, you are right. Our righteousness is like a filthy rag. That's why Jesus gave us his righteousness. So now, I can't say my righteousness is like a filthy rag because I don't use my righteousness. By faith, I have plunged into the righteousness that belongs to Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Look at it. So now, it is, it is now wrong to call a Christian unrighteous. We are all not righteous. It's, it's, it's zero. You are, you are at fault. Now, he says, For he had made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So yes, we have been, you know, made. Do you understand made? We have been made the righteousness of God. So the day we got born again, he says, He made Jesus sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God. So by faith, when we believe in Jesus, we are made the righteousness of God. So faith is one way, one bona fide way that a man can achieve righteousness with God. For he had made him to be sin, him who knows that might become the rise of God in him. Now go back to that scripture. For you paid tight on anise and cumin. You have forgot. Yeah. Then he says, then we come to mercy. We come to mercy. Mercy is very delicate. The topic of mercy is very delicate. Because mercy is how God also shows his free will. Just as man has free will, God also extends his free will there. The only ability that, let me give you an example. Look at the pool of Bethesda. Look at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible says that once in a year, an angel will come and stir the water. Anyone who jumps in, it doesn't matter what made you sick. It doesn't matter who made you sick. It doesn't matter the sin that you committed. Once you jump into the water, he said the first person will be healed. Now, look at this. That is uh, an expression of mercy. Once in a year, God does that. Because the Bible actually shows that mercy is actually the nature of God. He said he is slow to anger, which is judgment, but he said he's plenteous in mercy. He said his mercy is you know, always abundant. God is very merciful and always wants to show mercy. So every time, God looks for an opportunity to show mercy. So I'm talking about mercy now. The first part of mercy that you need to understand is God's sovereign choice. God's sovereign choice. Can I explain it? No. I cannot explain God's sovereign choice. I can only tell you that that is what it is. It is what it is. Mercy is God's sovereign choice. Now, those people who say that men of God who say they can heal, they should come to the hospital and come and heal people. Rubbish, nonsense statement. It's just you don't have a Bible. It is one of the most stupid statements I've ever heard in my life. Okay, if doctors claim they have gone to medical school, they should get to everybody's house who is sick. Now let me tell you how it works. Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda. Listen, he went to the pool of Bethesda. Bible says that there were many people who were sick. He walks to one person who is sick, heals him, and goes back to his house. What about the rest? Then Jesus is not a healer. Because there is a divine law of mercy. Where 
it shows that among all the people over there, God handpicked that other guy. And God said, don't ask him why. Go to your house. It's one of the things that, look, let me tell you, if you really want to work with God, it's one of the things you have to understand. There are, there are people that are handpicked by God. And there is no, God doesn't explain himself. Let me show you a scripture. Look. Are you learning something? Luke chapter 4. Verse 25. Look at it. But I tell you of a truth. Many windows were in Israel in the days of Elias. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months. When great famine was throughout all the land. Jesus is the one talking. He said many widows were there. Verse 26. He said, but unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto the Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. What about the other widows? What about the other widows? What is this? It's a law of divine election. Divine election. God says, it is that widow I am helping. What happens to the, what about the rest of the, 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 the widows? So, one of the things you need to understand about mercy is... There are some people, God just decides to show them mercy. And God handpicks them. And a lot of those people, in, in every generation, you don't see many of them. Some of them can be so bad. Or the beginning of their life can be so bad. You're wondering, why would God pick somebody like this? You're just wondering, why would God pick somebody like this? We can try to explain with different things. Oh, he has a good heart. God says, don't be about good heart or anything. I have selected the person. Everybody go and sleep. Continue. Verse 27. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Eliseus, the prophet. Now, the Elias is Elijah. Eliseus here is Elisha, all right? King James, Eliseus, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed. Saving Naaman, the Syrian. None of them was cleansed, apart from Naaman. I learned this, well, in, 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 I learned this when healing the sick. When God started training me in healing the sick. He trained me. God, God taught me something. He said, you know, because while I was growing up, I thought I was more compassionate than God. So maybe someone has told me that, oh, I have a stomach problem. Then the person will be in the service. After the person come to the service, a lot of the time I like to do that, come to the service. I'm not trying to feel attendance. When I say that, it's because the thing that will heal you, I know it comes in the service. We don't walk around with it. So as I come to service, then the person will be there. Then, these are my early years of God training, teaching me. Then in the service, I'll receive a word of knowledge. There's someone here, you have a heart problem. That heart problem is being healed now. There's someone here with an itchy eye, it's being healed now. Then, after I finish saying the ones that God has given me, I remember the person who has a stomach problem. Then I will now add it to the list that I'm mentioning. There's someone with a stomach problem, you are being healed now. The person is never healed. <laughs> the ones I'm mentioning in service, always healed. Check the Matska nights. The testimonies that come out are always, Pastor, you gave a word. Pastor, you gave a word. Pastor, you gave a word. Why? Because Jesus Christ said, my father worketh. He that's why I work. So to work when God is not working is failure. So in life, you follow the one God has selected. <laughs> when I was having that meeting with the fellowship leaders, I told them, I said, in the time of Noah, while it is raining, if you build your own ark, you are wasting your time. If you build your own ark, you are on your own. God is not aware. 
The safest thing to do in that time is to be Noah's friend. I'm teaching, eh? The safest can say no. God can use all of us. God can use all of us. We are all men of God. Build your ark. You will be the first to die. You you will just be the, you, the, the boat will just capsize. And, oh God, why? Oh God, why? And that's what a lot of people have been doing. A lot of people have been doing. I'm very smart too. I'm very smart. When I see a man of God who has something I want, I connect. I don't say, God, why don't you give me some? Why don't you give me some? Why don't you give me some? I'll get depression. I just look for the one who has it. Someone who say, I'm going to fast and pray. It's not bad. It's not bad. I'm going to fast and pray for an anointing. It's like you want to charge your laptop. You say, no, the socket in your house is not good. You're going to a kusumbu <laughs> You are going to the main soul. Go. Are there some people tap from main source? Yes. There are some people tap from main source. And that is God's jurisdiction. So, <laughs> there are some people there. When I was growing up in the faith, I never saw angel. I ne- I'm telling you the truth. I never saw angel. I never saw any. There are some people, they will scare you. Hmm. Every day they are seeing angel. Every day. Hey, now me, when I told you, when I told you that I've seen angels, it's not every day. Oh. Don't think that I'm sitting in my house and I've been seeing angels passing. I, I just have to join them. That, that's how it is. I just have to join where my wife and just join them. <laughs> you know, it's not like that. It's not like that. I was telling the fellowship leaders, I was telling them, so I said, the whole of 2019, the visible healing anointing, feeling the healing anointing, that caused miracles to happen. The visible one that I'm gonna, it appeared two times the whole year. The rest when I'm praying is faith. But the one that I, I knew, I know that I know, I know that I know that this one, something will happen. Let me tell you one of the times it happened this year. Pneumatica 9 2.0. Yeah. That's why we're hearing testimonies of bone. Someone's bone has shifted, it comes back. I think, Trisha, you had a testimony like that. Your, your, your backbone shifts. Bone. Someone said, the, the, the bone was broken, then she, she had kept. That's, that's how she, she shared her testimony. She said, I had kept. And the bone came back. I, yeah, bone shifter, eh? Understand? Then I knew those, those kind of miracles, they are crazy. When I, when I experience that thing, when I'm coming, I will know that this one is today's showdown. But the other times, I will pray, 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 pray. Still, God said, go ahead and talk about something else. I said, God, don't you care about the sick? Am I? So sometimes God wants you like, are you more merciful than me? Why doesn't God just do it? Why doesn't God just do it? You are still in Taifa, you are saying that. <laughs> so, mercy, the first part of it that you need to understand is it is solely a divine thing. It is sovereignty from God. God chooses whom he uses. You call that? Example. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Why? No, bro, no reason. Two, they were twins. Esau was a hardworking guy. Jacob was a, a swindler. 419. But God says, it is Jacob I'm going to use. Now, so the first part I want you to know is that mercy is usually 
God's sovereignty. Anytime you see that God has chosen a selected a nation like Israel, it was by God's mercy that he chose them. They didn't do anything for God to choose them. Abraham, God just appeared and chose the guy. There's no explanation. God says, don't ask me by reason. You think it's not in the Bible? It's in the Bible. God said, don't ask me my reason. Let me show you. Romans 9. Yeah, that's right. God said, is that, oh man, who had that replies against God? You know, we really need to know. We really need to know all these things. God has to explain himself to all of us. Say after me, say I'm God's choice. Verse 18, Romans chapter 9. He said, therefore, hath he mercy on whom he will. Now, hold on, that's it. He said he will have mercy on the one he wants. Now, I know when I'm preaching this one, someone will start thinking, oh, that's why, that's why, that's why, that's why. That's why my life is destroyed. God has not having mercy on me. I'll come to the other side of the message where you can influence his mercy. You like that one? <laughs> you don't like this one that's so because when you look at your life, it's like... <laughs> but when I look at my life, I see God's choice. Yeah, that's what I see. I see it. I see it in the morning. Therefore, have he mercy on whom he will have mercy. And whom he will, he had it. Verse 19. That will say then, Paul, I like Paul's, he's thinking for us. Because he's, he's, he's thinking that you can think like this. That will say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Verse 20. Nay, but O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? We are finished the matter. God, I mean, I'm saying my own, I don't know about you. God chose me to be wealthy. I'm telling you, God chose me to be anointed. I've told you before, I said, I don't, I, I don't pray like some people. Some people pray, I, even though I pray, some, some people pray that me. Ah, forget it. One of my friends told me, he's done 40 days fasting. Please. No, no, no. Can't do that. Can't do that. Jesus has done it for me. He did it all for me. Kenneth Higgin, the great man of God, said, he, he fast, the longest he has passed is three days. He said by the third day, he, and he, when he fasts and he gets his answer by the second day, he stops fasting. There's some of you, you punish yourself, like you, you, you pride, so you can come and say, you know, I have fasted 60 days, see your neck. <laughs> So you can say, I fasted for 60 days. I told you someone who, who fasted for 400 days. You don't know. He has bypassed Jesus' own. No, I'm not joking. No. The last day of the fast, I broke it with him. More than a year's fast. Till today. We are still waiting. Let's wait. Maybe something will come out of it. We are still waiting. Oh, yes, I've done 21 days before. I've done that. But please, suffering is not my portion. No, 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 no. Suffering is not my portion. Because I realize that in the kingdom of God, the more you mature, you realize that it is less of your works. The more you mature, you realize that it's all about obedience. God said, fast two days, just do it. Just do the two. Let's look for what you eat. But some people want to impress God. You can't impress God. No, no, do you think that your fasting impresses God? I want to know from you now, from today. 
You think that you'd fast and God has seen that I'm suffering. God has seen that I'm suffering. No, that's not it. That's not it. God is a good God. God is a good God. Why do we fast? We fast because we need to be aligned with spiritual information. And in the realm of the spirit, no power is released until there's a sacrifice. So when you fast and you don't eat, a sacrifice has been made. So you sacrifice your breakfast, you sacrifice your lunch, then because of that, power is released for what you are looking for. That's the, that's the science behind fast. Now, you don't only fast from food, you can fast from phone. In this generation, you have, sometimes you have to fast from social media. Sometimes you can keep your phone on, then say, Lord, I'm fasting from Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. In fact, it will even help you, Seth. You can fast from TV. Series. Because some people are fasting, they are not eating, but they have watched from episode one to episode four. During the fasting, ah! You just wasted it. You are, you are just doing hunger strike. When you are fasting, all right, when you are fasting, don't be watching a movie. You are spoiling the fast. You are fasting, it's two things. Either a message is playing, or you are reading your Bible. When you say you are fasting, fast. Don't go hungry for nothing. Either a message is playing, or you are reading your Bible. Then you, 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 you pray. Make sure you fast. It is you fasting with prayer. Fasting with prayer. Don't just fast without praying. There are times when I read a scripture and it's, it's difficult for me to decode the scripture. I go on a fast and I'm with the Bible. I notice that the moment I start fasting, it starts opening up to me. Then I start understanding what I'm reading. So there's fasting with prayer. Then there's fasting with study. You can do that too as well. So it's, it's also a very powerful thing. So I'm saying this to say that there are some people who try to like work themselves so much. They, they try to make it by works. But there are people that God chooses. And those people were chosen before the foundation of the earth. Look at Jeremiah. He said, before you were in your mother's womb, he said, I knew thee. Like, this kind of person, you cannot, you cannot beat him. Yeah, you cannot beat him. He's, he's called right from the mother's womb. Done no good, done no evil. The guy is just... And look at Solomon. All the women he carried, when he was born... The Bible actually says that God himself named the boy. The Bible says, and the Lord loves Solomon. Give me that scripture. The Lord loves Solomon. At the time the guy is a baby, he has not done anything. He has not given offering. He has not worshipped. He has not done anything. God loves Solomon. He named him Jedidiah. Jedidiah means beloved of the Lord. That means God is oozing with love for you. God looks at the boy. Now, I'm thinking, how does God see that baby and he loves the baby so much? God is amazing. God makes decisions and selections. All you need to do is to make sure that you are either connected to the selected one or you are selected. <laughs> no, it's very easy. The equation of being connected to the selected one is equal to being selected. For me, I don't fight people. I see there's a grace of God in their life. Oh. I'll come to that. You'll see. Now we are coming to how we influence mercy. You like that part, I know. Habakkuk 3, verse 2. So the first one is God's sovereign choice, God's sovereign will. I'm talking about mercy. first one is God's sovereign will. Oh, Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of years, make known. Then he says, in wrath, remember mercy. Remember in the miracle services, I told you that the way to overturn judgment, when judgment is going on, the only way to overturn judgment is 
that mercy should come in. When mercy comes in, judgment is stayed. Good. So, we're coming to how we influence mercy. Now, understand, when I was teaching on, teaching on spiritual legalities, this is what I was actually talking about. Because you see, there are laws that can help you. Excuse my use of this word, but that's the best word I can use for now. There are laws that can help you manipulate mercy to your advantage. One of the laws, look at, for example, God said he has chosen, listen, God said he has chosen Jacob and not chosen Esau. But, understand what I'm about to say. Don't get me wrong. Understand what I'm about to say. God said he has chosen Jacob. He has not chosen Esau. But you know what? God is wrong. God is wrong in making that choice. So God has to make the choice right. Because God is a just God. So you have to understand what's now about to happen. The, the, the choice that God has made, taking the second over the first is wrong. Because God, there's something called the right of the firstborn. So God acknowledges the first as the one who's supposed to take it. But, like for example, the first Adam. You know, the first matters to God. The Bible says, if the first fruit is holy, the lamp also is holy. So God gives a lot of premium to what is first. So the first child of Isaac is supposed to have the birthright. So you see, Esau knew that he has the birthright because with God and according to the law and according to what God has shared with them, they know that the first is supposed to have it. So God is wrong in choosing Jacob. So God now has to overturn so that it can be legal what his mercy looks like. So what did God do? God now created a scenario so that Jacob can buy the birthright. So Jacob bought the, first, the birthright with M. Important, important. He bought it. He bought it. The day they were making the transaction, listen now, the day they were making the transaction, Esau was not serious. How do we know? Because if he was serious about it, when it was time for the blessing, he shouldn't have gone. He would have said, oh, I've already sold it to But he was not serious. He actually thought that he was merely chancing his brother for the food. But no, he was not chancing his brother for the food. There was a legality going on. That's why you, are, you, are, you always must be careful what you say. How was it sold? Words. It was sold with words. Okay, I want your birthright. Nobody, no document, nothing signed. I want your birthright. He said, okay, give me the food. He said, okay, if I give you the food, I have your birthright. He said, oh, I'm already old. What am I going to do with birthright? Angel's head. The realm of the spirit head. The day he gave him the food, that's it. The birthright was sent to him. So there was a difference between the birthright and the blessing. But you cannot have the blessing without the birthright. So Jacob did not go for the blessing because if he had gone for the blessing without having the birthright, the blessing wouldn't have rested on him. Oh, I hope I'm not confusing you. Now, how do we know? How do we know? Esau actually said it. Give me that scripture. Genesis 27. Verse 36. He said, and he said, now Esau is talking to his father. He says, and he said, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he had supplanted me these two times. So it was not once. He said he had supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright and behold now he had taken away my blessing. So he taking the birthright was different from him taking the blessing. But Jacob was smart knowing that he can, if, if he didn't exchange the birthright with him, 
If he goes and they pray for him, it's not, it's not for you. It has to come to the firstborn. Do you understand? So the day the father prayed for him, the blessing was able to rest on him because he was the firstborn. He bought the birthrights. That's why you always make sure that you are winning the spiritual before the physical. Because if you win the physical without the spiritual, you can lose it. Because the birthright was a spiritual one. The blessing is what they would have seen. The father blessing them with. So the birthright before the blessing. Now he had taken my blessing and he had... Uh, and he said, Has thou not reserved a blessing for me? There was nothing to give him. I mean, Isaac should have said, Oh... Let me pray, let me pray, let me pray. No, Isaac knew that by divine law, what he has said, he has finished, and we are gone. All right, that's a good example for you to understand that even though God had chosen Jacob, he still had to manipulate the legalities to favor the mercy. I'll give you another example. Saul has sinned against God, rejected by God. God picks David, and God is wrong for picking David again. Because God told Saul that the dynasty will not leave his, his family. So God told Saul that the rest of the kings will come from his lineage. So God is wrong for going to pick someone who is not from David, um, Saul's lineage. God is wrong. So God, to make the kingship valid, he has to now manipulate the laws to favor the mercy with which he picked David. So what did Saul, what did Saul do? What did God do? God knew that if he takes David to Saul, they cannot transfer the kingship to David. So, the consequence of God rejecting Saul, the consequence did not come on Saul. The consequence came on Jonathan because Jonathan is the one who is supposed to be the next king. Do you understand? Look at the legalities of God. The legality is if Saul misbehaves or if Saul is not around, Jonathan is the next king. So, the next king will have to be Jonathan. God now causes Jonathan and David to be friends. And Jonathan says with his mouth that I know you will be king. He transfers the kingship to David. So now God is right. There's a scripture in Romans. Get that scripture for me. I think Romans chapter 3. That God may be just and the justifier of him that believes in Jesus. That God, so God is always concerned about the legalities. So don't think God is erratic. You know how you've been thinking God just stand up and just wave his hand. And say, no, no. Not like that. To declare, I say, yeah, Romans chapter 3, verse 26. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness. So God is declaring his righteousness. God is showing his righteousness. He said that he, God, might be just. So God is interested in being right. That God may be just and the justifier of him who believes in Jesus. So why did God kill Jesus? So that he will be just in justifying us. So the first thing that we, we observe when we are, we are trying to, you know, stretch the hand of mercy of God into our face, the first one, we've talked about it, prayer. It's so important. It's so important. When a man prays and prays through the Spirit, he's able to have access to the mercy of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Amazing scripture. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. I see. That's the our prayer. That's our prayer. We obtain mercy when we come in prayer. 
That's why I told you, when, when you, there's a guy who came to share a testimony with me. He was like, when I taught them last week that when you have a very serious problem, go and cry. He said he had a very big issue with his lecturer. The lecturer said he's not graduating. So you remember that I said you go and cry. Hard guy. <laughs> when you start crying. Now, the crying, there are two types. I'd like to emphasize that so that you don't think that sorrowful <laughs> will do anything. No. There, there are tears that come from the spirit. How can, you, how can you differentiate the two? One is from a place of sorrow that God pity, pity, pity. The other is from a place of the spirit where you are doing either of these two, producing your cause or pleading your cause. When do you produce your cause? You produce your cause when you are right. Father, your word says, and you produce your cause. God said, produce your cause. Father, your word says, Father, your word says, you produce your cause. As you are praying, your scriptures are coming to your mind. I, I, told, I said, sometimes, before you go into that kind of prayer, of supplication, where you need to bring petitions and bring your case, know at least 20 scriptures about your case. So as you are praying, those scriptures should be coming out. Those scriptures should be coming out. I'm producing my cause. So you're either producing your cause or pleading your case. When you plead your case, you plead your case when you know you are wrong. And you have to allow the Holy Ghost to take over the prayer. That's what you do. So what, how, how do you do it? Now, a lot of the time, groanings happen by God's design. But you can also have something to do with it. The great man of God, Charles Finney, said, anytime he goes to a town, and he wants to pray for the town for there to be a revival. This is what he does. He goes to walk through the town. He will see the sinners. When he sees them, he said then, he becomes sorrowful. So what is he doing? He's going to cause a groaning to happen. Because he has paid attention to it till there's a certain holy sorrow within his heart. Then he goes to start crying. And while he's praying, cry, he begins to cry. And sorrow comes out. And he begins to groan. So you see, you can actually either produce your cause or plead your case. There was a time someone lied against me. And there was no way out. There was no way out. The, the, the evidences were there, but it was a lie. Fake evidences. And the person was so, I was, the reason why it took me unawares was, I couldn't think, I didn't think that human beings can do that. Like, honestly. I thought like, maybe if you lie against somebody, you will change your mouth later. Like, you know, you know sometimes you are so good, you think everybody's good. Like, this person was literally crying in front of, crying. I know, Ladies, when they do want to cry, on cost, they can just think of something, <laughs> and they will cry, everybody will believe them. And you are trying to, ah, no, you can't even defend yourself because you are shocked in the first place. Ah, all you'll be saying, ah, hey. I knew that this one, I was going to get into trouble. I went to lie down for two days. I couldn't even pray. The case was so bad that I couldn't pray. I was lying down. The prayer was not even coming. Tears. 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 I was just lying down. Tears. I, cry, I cried the first day. I cried the first day. I cried the first day. And what, will you, what are you looking for? You look for what is going on in your spirit. If there's still an unrest, you still feel uneasy, unrest, it means you're not done. Go back. Go back to court. I was pleading my case. The next day, same thing. I was lying down. So, and the tears kept coming. Kept coming. I just kept crying. I would just turn myself the next set of tears. They were just coming. In the midst of the tears, it was raining. You know, you can be in trouble. You'll be in the rain and no, no. I said, what happened to you? Then you don't, you have never been in trouble. 
you can be in trouble, you will be in the rain, and you don't know that you are in the rain. You, don't, you are not aware. No umbrella, nothing, you are just walking. <laughs> no, that's what happened to me. Truly, true for God, I'm telling you. So I came, I came, I came for, I came out of my, my house, I was walking and it was raining. I just saw you. And I remember it. Hey, so is this my life? As I kept, as I kept at it, keeping my mind on the case. Keeping my mind on the case. That's one of the things you need to do. Keep your mind on the case. When you do those things, in the wrong spirit, they understand what you are doing. They know you are in court. On the first day, if no answer comes, adjourn the case. Come back again. You know they say that um, uh, doing the same thing and expecting different results is madness. That madness is allowed in prayer. Do it again. And again. And again. Be there. I kept it. While I was on it, all of a sudden, they ruled in my favor. In the spirit I'm talking about. In the spirit, they just ruled in my favor. All of a sudden, a certain joy just burst out. Then God gave me a word. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run it into it and they are saved. You know what God was saying? God was telling me that I have run to the name of the Lord in the trouble in which I was and I was saved. All of a sudden, a joy. I was in the rain, jumping. <laughs> I was so excited. A dear friend of mine who also has, he has PhD in, in this kind of prayer. Ah, I love him so much. Sometimes I sit down with him and we talk about it. He has PhD in this kind of prayer. There was a time where we were very, we're much younger and we're all fellowship leaders. All right, so one time Pastor came, Pastor B came and, and said, all right, he wants to take some of us to South Africa, you know, for vacation and all that. And he's going to use those who have done well as fellowship leaders to go. Now, that year, I knew that I had not done a lot. So, me, I was not concerned. But he, he knew he had done a lot, but they picked up, but they didn't pick him. So, after the service, I told him, you know, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> because me, I didn't care. I, <laughs> I told him, I said, don't worry. You know, very soon, you know, God bless us, we'll have our own money, we'll, we'll buy the ticket ourselves and go. <laughs> so, he actually agreed with me. And during that season, I was actually living with him. So, he agreed with me. So, we're at KFC. So, he was like, yeah, yeah Odifo, it's true, it's true, it's true. Odifo, it's true. It's true. I said, yes, no, don't worry, don't worry. So, we all went home. The guy couldn't do. Now, this is, if you know Pastor very well, you know that this one, they, as they have said, they don't change it. He said it. That night, I saw, I, I, was, I was just lying down. You know me? I'm not part two. <laughs> As I was lying down, all I was hearing. <laughs> the guy was doing it. This thing I'm showing you, he was doing it. I remember, I was in the house. <gasps> I said, this guy safe. This guy. Small traveling, they said, you know why? Another reason why I was not concerned was the year before, pastor had taken me. <laughs> yeah, the guy, I had gone twice. I went to healing school. I, was, oh, I, I went, so I've been there. <laughs> so I was not really concerned. So, he was lying down, <gasps> tears, tears, and he was playing, you know, you have to know the music that resonates with your spirit. And he is very, sorry to say, it's very weird. And the music was, it was like Chinese, ping, ping, ting, 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 ping, ting, 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 ping, ting, So while he was lying down, imagine, someone is crying. Bing, 
Me, I, for me, I personally like songs that I can worship God with when I'm praying. I love you, Lord. I'm worshiping and praying. But he, very weird. <laughs> You'll be listening to Hebrew songs, those things. Chinese things. So the, this guy was, he did it till morning. First day, the guy was there. The second day, he kept doing it. Ah, I thought that this guy is wasting his time. The third day, pastor had a meeting with some staff. When he was now issuing the, for them to go for their visa, he was like, ah, did I select this person? They said no. He said, add him. Ah. Hey! When I heard a testimony, I also went to the bathroom. Ah! And I started crying. God said, hey. God, God told me, say, hey. Come on, walk out, walk out, walk out, walk out of here. <laughs> After laughing at it. Come on, come on, come out of here. Have you seen the, the meme? Tell me the truth. I mean, they come here. I love you, Lord. All your mercy never fails me. You don't know the song? From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head on, I will sing of the goodness. I like the first verse. You talked about the mercy there. That's why I'm singing that song. I love you, Lord.
that friend, he had a member. When he was a fellowship leader, he had a member who went to Wesley Girls. I can share this testimony because the person is now down with the school, so. The person was to Wesley Girls. The person got an E. But she wanted to go to Ashesi. How did they do that one? <laughs> he started doing it. The guy was there almost three to four days. On the last day, when he was, he was rude. Because that one, you can't, you can't produce your cause. You have to plead your case. So, when it, the, the, the case was rude in the spirit on his behalf, he told the girl, go to the school. The day the girl, that testimony, eh? The, you, you know the case. You know the story. The day the girl entered the school, she met somebody, and by that person, she met the owner of the school. The owner of the school is the one who said, take this girl to the school. Full scholarship. Hi! When I heard that testimony, I said, me, and I'm a professional crier. Professional crier. God, Bible says, the sacrifice of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. He said, the broken spirit said God will not despise. He said he will not reject. Psalm 51 verse 17. Verse 14 or so. Verse 17. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That means anytime you go with a broken spirit, yes, 17. Anytime you go with a contrite heart to God, he will not reject. He will not reject. You don't reject. You don't reject. You don't reject. You know, pride will drive you far away from God. It's called the condemnation of the devil. Every time I try to check myself if I've started entering into pride, because it's very dangerous. Because that's where God withdraws from a man. The man becomes defenseless. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. So prayer is one, one of the ways that you enter into mercy. You begin to manipulate mercy. Another one I'll talk about today that I actually want to talk about. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Do you see that? The way to always see the mercy of God is for you to be merciful to others. When you see people that God hand is always on, always check. They are doing almost the same for everybody, every, every other person. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you slander everybody who, who offends you, the day you require mercy, you also not get it. There are sometimes people, some people offend me, and I have to forgive them and show them mercy. Why? Because I'm expecting God to do the same for me when I offend. You see why 
It looks like those who give to the poor always have a special place with God. This is it. Those who know me know very well. It is so hard for me to, you know, this is, this is what some people use against me. Some people use the fact that I am that soft against me. They know that they can manipulate me. Yeah. Because the moment they start making look as though they are dead, they are dead. So I have to just hold myself. Now turn away from me. Because if I keep looking at it, I'll have to attend to it. When I see those Mali children, is it Mali? Which country are they from? We don't even know the, the country. When I see Chad, when I see them like that, one day, I was in a car, and the driver, who claims he has a good heart, because the day before, he had told me he has a good heart. He doesn't go to church, but he has a good heart. <laughs> so while he was driving, they came and said, hey, hey, fio! You know how we begin to think? And that's a very, very selfish way to think. We are thinking other people have given them. They have to collect from me. Their parents are not working. They have to collect from me. So what? So what? Would they build house with your money? But why are you also calculating every other person's money? Are you not a wizard? No. You know, like for example, like for example, some people look at a pastor preaching. Then look at other people coming to give tithes. If everybody give five, 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 seven. Maybe you are sitting here and you are like that. Don't do that. So you'll be poor. I'm telling you, you'll be very poor. I mentioned to you, I said, no title offering comes to me. But, <laughs> let me tell you this. When we had Nomatica 9 2.0, all right? No, it was not 2.0, 1.0. When we had that uh, conference center, you know, there was a, we, we took pictures of it. It was a big crowd and people were there. So I posted a few on social media. So we have to be specific. And you know that place already. One guy said, it's all about the money. I'm like, if I show you up in that day, what we spent for the program was twice the offering. So you ask the question, why do we keep doing it? Can, money can never be the motivation. I wouldn't have gotten here. You watch the camp videos. You saw where we came from. Money cannot be the motivation. I'll never get here. I mean, I said, anybody who thinks that you can, you can, you can scam with church, come, I'll give you capital to start one. I'm not joking. After service, come and see me. I'll give you thousand to start. If you think church scams people, it's about, what will you preach? What's the cost of speaking a word that comes to pass? What will you say? Go ahead, go and talk. Don't know. Have they brought have they brought Apache to you before? So when a guy says all about the money, I like you, you, you. I wish his phone number was there. So you, you, you are not correct. How can it be about the money? We bust people free. You're not thinking, you're not thinking about that. 
You think conference center gave us the hall for free? To use that conference center hall, we paid almost 30 something thousand. How much is offering? We all know what we give offering. We all know sitting down here. The hall alone is 30 something thousand. The bustle will bust people. By the time we were done, we, it's not a loss. It's, it's, it's for the kingdom. So it's not a loss. I won't say we lost. We didn't lose anything. Because this is not a profit venture. So by the time we were done, the money that had gone was twice what had come in by offering. So what? What? What's, what's about the money? Well, you see, 2016, when Pastor Chris came and they saw so many people at the conference center, at the Independence Square, and some at the stadium, you'll be looking at it, wow, offering, wow, offering, offering, wow, 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 wow. That program costs nothing less than $2 million. I'm telling you inside information, I don't know why I'm saying it in church. That program costs nothing less than $2 million. And if you think that really offering comes in, I will use Encounter Lava's escape goods for you. Encounter Lava, we saw the people there, you think it is offering. And all the offering together was not up to 2,000 cities. I'm not joking. I, I, I was shocked. <laughs> what, what, what am I saying? Don't be calculating that this, uh, somebody has already given them. So give them, think, don't stop thinking about somebody's own. Why do you have your, you are thinking of some of this money? Why? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The day you require mercy from God, you will get it. Blessed are the merciful. The merciful are also those who pray for others. They pray for others. Are you, I want to ask you a question. Are you quick to forgive? Are you quick to forgive? Sometimes just let it go. Are you quick to forgive? Pastor, you don't understand. Pastor, you don't understand if you know what they did. I don't want to hear your explanation. I don't want to hear your explanation. When it comes to things like that, I don't want to hear your explanation. What, no matter what happened, just, can you, can you be a Christian? Can you be a child of God? Can you be a child of God and say, it is, it's okay, it's okay, so it's fine. It's okay. Let's forget it. There are super people sitting here. Somebody's owing you. Go and dash them the money. You see? Hey, pastor! Hey, pastor! After service, after service, go and call them and say, you know, the money you are owing me, I've dashed it to you. Blessed are the merciful. I said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So people are still, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. What you don't know is that a day is coming, you enter debt. You also wish that they would dash it to you. Let me tell you something that happened. So years ago, a, a young guy invited me for a meeting. All right? He invited me and he told me that he'll pay my transport, he'll pay my stuff. So I was supposed to go. Now, I carry people along because those times I was, I was more musically inclined. 
in terms of the attention. I was doing a lot of music. So this meeting was in Takrade. The guy invited me to Takrade. I went with band, I went with people. When I got there, I have seen the coming of the glory. I saw the people were, the people really didn't come for the meeting. But it still doesn't affect me, do you understand? You told me, you, give, you told me, I said, at least you'd give me the money, let me settle the band people. Because these my guys, that's different. But a lot of instrumentalists, they don't care. When you carry them somewhere, you must give them their money. So they are lovely and very good. Yeah. They play for the Lord. Yeah, they play for the Lord. Am I right? Say, let the church hear you, all right? Yeah. They play for the Lord. There are some at the back, right? You good? They play for the Lord. They are not like the others, so they will prosper, I'm telling you. So, this guy, we have finished the meeting. I could see that the guy is hot. He has not finished paying things around. The guy is hot. I had to give him money for myself to pay some of the things he has to pay for his program. Then I got back to Accra and I told him that, all right, I'll give you time. Just give me back my money. I'm not saying my money that, at least the one I gave you there, just give it back to me. The one that you're supposed to give me, the, the one that you run your mouth, run your mouth, but you didn't give me, don't worry. My own, give it to me. One week, the things don't come. Two weeks, the things don't come. Three weeks, one month, the things don't come. But you know, when someone's owing you, some anger can just come in your heart. Do you know that? You have been invaded by demons. I'm telling you, when you, let me tell you, when, when that kind of anger comes like that, you are being invaded by demons. Give me that scripture in the book of James. James chapter 1 verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Give me an IV so that you understand it very, very well. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. I've been invaded by demons. Wow! So you know what I did? Every time this anger wants to come in, I calm down. This anger wants to come in, I calm down. Then I saw on his status. I don't know how I saw. How I, I just managed to because I, was, I don't watch his status. It was annoying me. He had written. Father, Lord, I believe in your provision. Then I realized this boy is probably praying that God will give him the money to come and give to me. And I called him. I said, you know what? I want to give that money to you as a seed. When you see some people walking in some immeasurable prosperity, you don't know why. God has weighed their hearts. He has weighed them. He has seen how merciful they can be. And he's merciful to them. Lift your hand toward heaven. Somebody's owing you, it's a lot of money. Go and dash it from here. It's serious, eh? It's too deep, eh? It's, it's paining your heart. No, it's not like, no, it's not like I'm owing somebody here, so I'm preaching the message to you. No, no. I'm not owing anybody here.
You know the category I'm talking about? The time the person gave you to pay, the person has not paid. It's still elapsing. And it's costing something. Go and dash the money. But if the person has promised you that he's going to pay by December, don't say anything yet. <laughs> let the December come. Alright, let the December come. He's not able to pay. You look at the case. Jesus Christ said, don't be covetous. A man's life does not as, uh, uh, consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Don't be covetous. Go and dash the money. And let me tell you a wisdom. Any money you cannot dash, never loan out. That's what Jesus said. Any money you are not able to dash somebody, don't loan it out. I can have 30,000. If the one I think I can dash is 3,000, you come to me, you say you are owing 10,000, I can give you 3,000. Someone else should get help. I've been as merciful as I can be. Yeah. But to give you my capital of 30,000, if you don't bring it now, now we become enemies. It was not necessary. Help to, the, to where you can for now. Alright? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. When David had the opportunity to kill Saul, you can read it later, when David had the opportunity to kill Saul, he did not. When he did not, what the prayer he prayed is that, God, just the same way I'll be merciful to Saul, let people be merciful to me. David understood this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. How many of you, someone is owing you, are going to dash it? Some people are saying, lie, lie. Now, I want you to pray now. I want to pray now for somebody who has offended you. Someone you need to be merciful to. I want to pray for the person. Think of somebody who has offended you. If nobody has offended you, start praying for people. The people God brings to your mind right now, start praying for them now. Go ahead and pray.